You're listening to audio from Church of the Incarnation. To donate to our ministry or find out more, please visit incarnationcfl.com. Well, let me tell you where we're headed. We're going to talk about heaven this morning. Isn't that going to be fun? Yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and I'll, I would, I'm going to assume that we're going to talk about heaven this morning in a way that you may have not thought about heaven before, and even in a way that might sort of bend your mind a little bit and go, now wait a second, everything I was told as a kid is a lie. <laughs> I just want to set you up for that. Like We're going to talk about heaven this morning in a way I think the scripture describes heaven, which is not the way our culture thinks about it. Oh my goodness. So that's where we're headed. Hold on uh, to your hats for that one. Um, before we do, though, let's back up and talk about why I'm wearing purple. It's a new liturgical season we're in. Uh, this is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's a time to begin telling the story of Christianity all over again. Today is the first Sunday of the church year. We're, we've begun a brand new church year today with the first Sunday of Advent, and we're supposed to be telling the story of Christianity starting from today. So in just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate um, the coming of Jesus, and that's, that's what that word Advent means. It, it stems from the Latin term adventus, which means coming or arrival. Okay? In just a few weeks, we're going to enter the Christmas season, which describes the coming of Jesus as a baby. Okay? But before we do that, we have four weeks of preparation where we talk about his second arrival, his second advent, as, not as a baby, but as a returning victorious king. Right? So, I mean, that's, that's sort of strange. I mean, while everybody is home, you know, singing Christmas carols and uh, turning on the, the Yule Log TV, can you, can you believe it's come to that in Florida? Like, I, mean, <laughs> I'm like, I resisted this for years. You know, I moved down here. We don't have a fireplace. We had a beautiful fireplace in North Carolina. I moved down here. We don't have one. So I'm like, should I do the TV fireplace? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then finally, a couple years ago, I turned it on. I'm like, yeah, this is all right right here. <laughs> you know? This sucker. I got a 55-inch TV fireplace in my living room. It's, I like it, you know? Let's do that. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening to me, right? I mean, we're, you know, so our culture is celebrating the coming of Jesus as a baby, right? And we're, we're getting ready to give Christmas presents to our kids if, if, the, if the ships that the, the presents are on somewhere off the coast of California will ever be able to get in. It's like Santa's going to have a big, we're going to test to see whether Santa can make it happen this year. Um, as our culture sort of teeing up Jesus' first coming, I mean, here we are as Anglicans in the Anglican tradition talking about this apocalyptic second coming of Jesus. I mean, that, that's what we're talking about the next three weeks. Like, Jesus is coming again. This, this little baby that we call Jesus the Christ, Christ is not his last name, it's a title. And it means anointed one, anointed ruler who, who right now is ruling and reigning a government of peace and righteousness that will never end even though we can't see it, okay? And what we're going to describe in the next couple of weeks is the reality at which the unseen rule and reign of Jesus, he's, he's ruling and reigning right now in an unseen way, is going to translate into the seen dimension of the here and now. And his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. That, that's heaven. I mean, what I've just described for you, the, the, the unseen rule and reign of Jesus, which he is right now at the right hand of God with 
all authority ruling over the cosmos, but he's, but he's there in, in a dimension beyond what you can see with your eyes, okay? But that's not heaven. That is not heaven. And you're not going to that place. The, the great hope of heaven, biblically, is that heaven is coming to earth. That that unseen dimension is going to come back and kiss planet earth in a way where they meet and merge. And the visible kingship of Jesus will be expressed right here where you are presently forever. That's not the way we think about heaven. Is it? So that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the heaven this morning, but I want to talk about heaven the way the Bible really describes it. And here's the thing. We've all been really influenced by the most famous Western philosopher to ever live, Plato, right? And our view of heaven is, is more platonic than biblical. So if you go back to junior high and you remember platonic philosophy, you'll understand that Plato promoted the view of humanity as split between two parts, body and soul. That's a platonic reality. That's not a biblical reality. The, the, the Bible actually doesn't describe you that way, as, as a person who has a body, but then someone who has a soul. That's platonic, not biblical. So, so in Plato's view, the body is bound in this illusionary world of time, space, and matter, right? The body is the temporary part of you that is not eternal and that dies. Okay, that's not actually the way Scripture speaks about you. There's, there's no part about you biblically that's temporary and dies. You are an eternal being, even your physical body. And the great hope of the resurrection is that that physical body, that very body that you have, is going to be gloriously changed and will live forever. That's just not the way we think about it. We think about ourselves as imprisoned, a soul, right, which is the true, and this is platonic, not biblical. The true essence of who we are is this, is this sort of immortal, bodiless disembodied soul that's trapped inside the prison of this body that will one day escape and we're going to fly away right we even say it in the hymns i'll fly away oh glory i mean i love that song but it's just not biblical right you and for, for us heaven is this place of disembodied bliss where we like you even see it in movies like you know the guy dies and here goes the soul pops out and be like oh where am i right now i'm floating away and you just sort of float away from your body into this cloud land never never land where you maybe even i mean it gets weird in children's storybooks like you you sprout angel wings and you sit on on clouds and and play harps and stuff i mean i i just will pick on a storybook i've got one here I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but listen to this. This is from a children's storybook, okay, describing heaven. Heaven is somewhere you believe in. So it's this sort of ethereal never-never land where the soul goes, okay? It's like a beautiful place where you sit on soft clouds and talk to other people who are there. Doesn't that sound nice? Talking forever on clouds. I mean, you wonder like, people, why, why people don't want to go to it. It's like, why isn't the world interested in the great hope of Advent? Like, what are, we ta- what are we talking about here this morning? We're talking about the fact that Jesus right now is ruling and reigning as king and is going to come back and his reign is going to be expressed right here. And I don't know about you, but I'm living in the Rockies in heaven. Forget Florida. Y'all can have it, okay? I'm, I'm spending eternity 
in the Rocky Mountains in heaven. And I, I, I reject the notion that I will sit in some disembodied cloud land and, and sing with angels in a never-ending sing-along with God. Like, I don't even like to sing now. I certainly don't want to do it forever, right? I mean, no wonder people aren't interested in this. Listen, it's a beautiful place where you can sit on soft clouds and talk to other people who are there. At night, you can sit next to the stars, which are the brightest of any stars in the universe. I mean, that sounds cute, but it's just not biblical. This is even worse. If you're good throughout your life, then you get to go to heaven. Also, not biblical. Right? When your life is finished here on earth, God sends, so here's this, like, there's heaven up there in this ethereal never-never land, and God sends angels down to take you up to heaven to be with him. Oh my goodness, that's the way we think about it. And you're like, well, yeah, that's the way I think about it. Well, if that's not true, then what is, Tom? Help me out, <laughs> right? Here's the biblical view of heaven. I'm going to give it to you in one phrase. A king is coming. The biblical view of heaven is the hope of Advent. I want you to think about those words just for a minute. A king is coming. Coming where? I mean, Advent. Adventus means arrival. That's heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is the time, the day in which your king Jesus, who will rule and reign in government of peace forever, comes back to here and rules and reigns that eternal kingdom right here. On this redone planet Earth, where righteousness, Peter tells us, is at home. No sin, no suffering, no death. Here, in this reality. You gotta think about the way the disciples were taught to pray, right? The disciples say, Hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And what does Jesus say? Pray that my kingdom would come where? On earth as it is in heaven. And that's just not some temporary prayer. Jesus asked his disciples to pray in this in-between time before we all loose these bodies and float away to cloudless never-neverland heaven. Jesus is asking the disciples to pray for heaven, that the kingdom of God would come right here on earth as it is in heaven. Well, wait a second. What does Jesus mean then when he uses this word heaven in the prayer for the disciples? Okay, well, let's drive deeper into this concept. The idea of heaven, the, the way we think about it, right? Um, clouds, angels, singing, sort of a disembodied, out there land. And that idea is, is in fact a real thing and a biblical idea. But it's not your ultimate end. It's a step towards the ultimate end. That idea of heaven where the saints are gathered around God's presence, singing and glorifying and resting in him right now, out there somewhere, is in fact a biblical idea. But listen, it's not a future reality, and it's not where you'll be forever. It is a temporary reality on this side of the actual coming of the kingdom back to planet Earth. That's crazy, right? What, what I'm trying to get you to do is think of heaven as a two-step process. 
that right now there is a place where the saints are resting in God's presence. But that's not where you're going forever, and that's not where anybody's going forever. That God is going to actually come back to earth with those saints and rule and reign right here in a physical kingdom without any end. I want to make it weirder for us just for a minute. I think that um, even thinking about heaven as this place where God is right now with his saints, even thinking about it as up there messes with our heads in a way that we should probably abandon. All right, now, hold on before you start accusing me of heresy, right? There's, there's lots of scripture in Old Testament and New that speaks of heaven as up there. But I, I want you to start, stop thinking about it as up, as a geography, and think about it as up as a dimension. So, you know, like Psalm 103 says that the Lord looks down from heaven. What does it mean? Does that mean that he's actually out in some, you know, never, never land space that's above our heads and he's sort of looking down from heaven? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's talking about a dimension, not a geography. Jesus is described as being ascended into heaven, right? The disciples actually saw him ascend into heaven. Acts chapter 1, Jesus is described as being taken up into heaven. Revelation chapter 4, John sees an angelic vision, or vision that says, come up into heaven. But here's the way I think we should think about the language of up. Not as a location above us, but as an unseen dimension all around us. Did you hear that? When we hear the word come up, when we think about Jesus being ascended to heaven, I want you to think about him not as traveling off beyond the stratosphere and the lithosphere. Maybe he's behind Mars somewhere in this physical dimension, somewhere that you can't see. Don't think about it that way. Think about him as translating into another dimension, but still right here amidst your visible one. Up to, an, to a higher plane. Think about it this way. To a higher plane, not a different place. So, so heaven, the way we think about it, is, is the higher plane of God's unseen dimension that exists right now in and around this lower plane of what's visible touchable, and tainted by sin and the fall. Heaven is God's dimension tangent to ours. Think of it this way. Behind, what was the, what was the Hebrew tabernacle trying to tell us by placing the Holy of Holies, God's presence, behind a veil? right in the midst of Israel. I mean, think about that imagery. What, what was God trying to tell his people? He's saying, I'm right there with you. Right? I'm here. I'm here right now. But I'm here in a dimension unseen behind a veil. I'm not, don't, stop thinking of me as out there. Stop thinking of yourself as, oh God, please come, come back. To, no, I'm right here. But I'm here in a way that you can't see with your eyes. So, 
the saints who have gone there are currently there with the Lord, right? And, and, and the angels who are there, don't think about up, don't think about out, think about a different dimension right here. The angels who are there can right now translate back and forth from that reality like, like kids through a coat closet you've ever read Narnia, right? The Chronicles of Narnia. That, think about that. That there's this, there's this dimension from which the eternal and the real, with a capital R, translates back and forth to the physical and tempor- temporal real with a lowercase r. But this reality that we're experiencing right now And that transition between the two is temporary and is going away. And the great hope of Advent, the great hope of Advent is that heaven, God's unseen dimension among us now, God's higher plane that we can't see but that is real, realer than this, right? And earth, the physical dimension that we spend most of our lives just wallowing in, are going to merge forever, right? And, and that's what it means, as the book of Revelation says, this is what scripture ends with. The angels sing, and at that point, Revelation 7, 11, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord. It, it means, and this is the great hope of Advent, listen, that you, would, that you would believe it so much that you would live into that dimension right now. That it means that that unseen dimension of God that's, that's around us right now, where he is really ruling and reigning in a real way, is going to merge into the visible dimension, to, the, to where the two kiss to the point where they become one, where he rules and reigns physically and visibly forever and ever and ever. That, in fact, is a reality that started now, that you haven't seen the end of, that we hope for, that we long for, but that invades the way we exist in the meantime. I just think, like, why, if that's true, why has God entrusted you and I with that foreknowledge? Think about it. I mean, and this is where, like, the, the Christianity that we experience in our culture, I just think, falls so, so far short of what is possible if we would wrap our heads around what we're really proclaiming here. We are not proclaiming that Jesus is here to make your life a little bit better. And if you'll just add a little Jesus to your life, he'll clean you up morality and teach you to be morally and teach you to be nice. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Who needs that? Well, What we're radically proclaiming is that although you cannot see it with your eyes, in the unseen dimension of heaven right now, Jesus is right now ruling and reigning. And although your neighbors don't believe it and think you're crazy that you would ever come in here and spend two hours on football Sunday thinking about this stuff, they're going to stand before that king and give an account for their entire life. And I want to go back and read the scriptures that we just read. 
the whole world standing before this king, the son of man when he comes? Like your neighbors are going to face this king face to face when he translates, as it were, through that coat closet of Narnia from the invisible to the visible and stands in front of the whole world and says, I told you so. I'm king. And I'm like afraid to start that conversation with my friends because I just so want to be liked. I don't want to disrupt anybody. And I don't want to, I don't want to mess with anyone's agenda. I don't, you've got your truth, I've got my truth, right? We've been, we've been so duped by this pantheism, believe everything, sort of you have your way, I have my way, and let's all just coexist ridiculousness. We even put it on our bumper stickers, right? And I think, oh my goodness, the great hope of Advent is that all the injustice we see in this world, all the, all the awfulness that we all experience, God's going to fix it, but he's going to fix it through the returning of his son, Jesus Christ, for whom and in front of whom every knee will bow. It's like, dang, if that's real and true, then that should inform my priorities. Like, God, what does it mean for me to line up with that kingdom now on this side of it? And who can I drag into that reality with me? And I've said it a million times, but I'm just going to keep saying it. Like, we should, we should be zealous for our neighbors, our family, and our friends to, to greet that king at his coming with joy instead of judgment. The king is coming. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. Would you like to connect with our church? Join us online or in person every week at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit incarnationcfl.com to learn more. Have a great week.